You're listening to the Technology for Mindfulness podcast, episode 46, hosted by me, Robert Plotkin. Today I'm going to be speaking with Marla Mattinson, a relationship and intimacy expert who specializes in working with entrepreneur couples who have an urgent desire to transform both their relationship and their business. Marla is returning to the podcast, this time with her partner, Julian Kolker, who works together with Marla to coach couples in their relationships, including on how to use technology mindfully. You can find out more about Marla and Julian's work at MarlaMattinson.com. We're extremely pleased to welcome Marla Mattinson and Julian Kolker to the Technology for Mindfulness podcast. In the interview that you're about to hear with Marla Mattinson and Julian Kolker, you'll hear them talk about just how easy it is to misunderstand each other when communicating by text message or email because of the lack of visual and other kinds of nonverbal cues, body language that's missing. And it made me think of uh, the funniest take I've ever seen on that situation. So today's tip is really simple and straightforward. After you listen to the interview with Marla Mattinson and Julian Coker, I suggest you get a big laugh. Uh, go online, search for Key and Peel text message confusion. It's really hilarious. And now I hope you enjoy the interview with Marla Mattinson and Julian Kolker talking about how to use technology to bring more joy, intimacy, and love to your relationships. Hi, Marla. Hi, Julian. And welcome to the Technology for Mindfulness podcast. And welcome back, Marla. Thank you so much. <laughs> Great to be here. Today, we're going to be talking about technology and its role in relationships and maybe its role uh, not in relationships. And it's great to have the two of you on because you both work professionally with people to help them improve their relationships. And the two of you are in relationship uh, together. So I'd love to be able to you know, have you talk both from your personal perspective and professional perspective about you know, how we can deal with these devices that are just permeated our lives. We're not going to get rid of them. But, you know, we do acknowledge that there are ways in which they can create some rough spots for us with work relationships, personal relationships, and definitely, you know, our most intimate partner relationships. Yes, I love that. You know, having a tool, which technology is a tool, a tool is neither good nor bad. It just does the job, right? So if you have a hammer and you use the hammer for every single thing you're doing in your life, you're going to start blaming the hammer for a bunch <laughs> of things that it's not even the hammer's fault for because someone is using the hammer, right? <laughs> so the tool of technology is a phenomenal tool. Julian and I are big fans of technology. We love it. And there's ways that a phone or technology can add value to your relationship and also take away from it. So that's what we'd love to chat about today. Yeah, I mean, maybe you can, we can even start if you have, since I've got the two of you here together, maybe an example of a way in which you found that technology can help add value to your relationship. And I'd love to hear both of your perspectives about that. Certainly. I mean, one of the major things that Marla and I do around technologies, we have pre-planned advance agreements about technology. One of them is that we will not use negativity 
towards one another through technology. That means any text messages or anything that is communicated from my device to her device is all done with positivity and love. If there's anything that needs to be said with maybe not the nicest words, we do that face to face so that we can really feel each other's emotions and thoughts and physical body, you know, expressions and language. And so it's a pre-planned agreement that all communication is love and kindness via technology. It makes a huge difference. It's like, because that way, even if, if Julian sends me a message and I interpret it as negative, I know it's not. So I know mm. that's my material. So it helps me to look at myself and be more reflective in a way. If I'm reading something as negative, I know for a fact it is not. So I can respond with love and kindness and ask for what, you know, oh, what do you mean by that with curiosity rather than mm. blame, which is my mm. number one go-to. I'll go to blame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just out myself there for a second. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, I suspect we we all have a, an idea of why you've come up with this agreement. But can you talk a little bit about it? It sounds like you know the two of you are not averse to raising negative feelings with each other, but in fact, it sounds like you you want to do that and and do it, but that you've made a conscious decision to only do that in person. Why exactly? And did you ever have a time in the past when you didn't, and did that create problems. Yeah, we well, we want to set each other up for success. And so we never want to leave it to chance how we're going to interpret when one or both of us is in a negative place. And so what happens, as we know, with technology and devices is it's left to interpretation of both parties of what's happening. So if you don't have that pre-planned agreement in advance, then it's really easy to misinterpret with a word choice or a sentence choice or an emoji choice (laughs) of what he means or what I mean. So we remove that right off the bat. And then you're, you're right, Robert. What we do is we enjoy knowing the real truth. We are actually dedicated to the truth above everything else. And so we're not afraid to actually get together face to face or walking down the street holding hands to talk about the really challenging material that's arising. And when you do it face to face, you get to clean it up and move through it quickly. When you have it on your device as a reminder, anytime you may feel any negativity that may have nothing to do with the current situation (laughs) and you go back looking through your phone and you see all these negative messages, you start to stir and, and boil even longer for something that happened in the past. If you have no negative messages in your phone whatsoever, you have nothing to go back to 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 use as fuel to harm yourself or to harm Mm -hmm. your partner. Yeah, it's really a great mindfulness lesson. You know, it's a way in which technology can reinforce, it's often called that second arrow, right? Going back over things over and over in your mind. And something that may have started out being maybe just irritating you know, becomes really deeply painful because of that repetition over it. Yes. And, you know, Robert, there's something that happens that's been happening with our phones is we're getting our dopamine and serotonin hits from our technology, which means you're bonding with your phone. You're bonding with your technology. You know, all the downtime that we have in our lives, even from one moment at a time, if we don't turn towards our partner, in real life to connect 
and, you know, make bonding connections with our partner. And instead we choose to look at social media or look at our email or, you know, use our downtime to turn towards technology to try to feel better or uplift ourselves. Now we're bonding with our phone instead of bonding with our partner. And it's becoming Mm -hmm. a big issue in our lives. So this is why we're big advocates of intentionally using technology to increase and amplify your intimacy and passion together. That's great. I mean, can you talk a little bit then about that next step? We were just talking about uh, addressing negative feelings directly face-to-face in person. And you, you just went what I hear as a step beyond that, which is using technology to amplify the positive. Yeah. So there's, <laughs> there's this application called Love Nudge, which uh, talks about the five love languages. It's a great use of technology. It's an app that will You sign up and your partner signs up and you go through your love language and your partner goes through their love language. And then the algorithm will set up little reminders throughout the day for you to do something at a specific time to do something that would be in alignment with your partner's love language. Like if your partner's love language (laughs) is touch, then it would say, go rub your partner's shoulder for 10 minutes and it'll give you a little pop up reminder. It's like using technology in that sort of way to connect deeper is really Mm -hmm. positive and really helpful. And it's really playful also. It's really fun. Julian and I signed up for it, you know, just to check it out and have fun with it. And it was like, ooh, you know, it talks (laughs) about a reminder or a suggestion. And then the real truth is once you start doing that in real life and you do it and you have your own internal reminder, you don't need that app anymore, right? So the idea is not to become dependent on it. The idea is to use it as a way to grow and scaffold into just onboarding that for yourself. Yeah, it's really great. I mean, it it reminds me, I hear sometimes people being averse to using technology in certain ways. They say, well, I don't want to use it as a crutch. And what I think is, well, you know, you actually use a real crutch when you have a broken leg to not have to use the crutch again after a month or so. Right. Right. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with crutches necessarily, unless you, as you said, become dependent on them. You know, and it's exactly how you're talking about using this, right? You, it could be a problem if you're using this app for five years and you never remember to rub your partner's shoulders until you get a reminder from the app. Right. Yeah. Scaffolding tool. It's a scaffolding tool, you know, to get from this place to the next place, the next place. And the, the idea is that we're living growth based lives together, meaning we're constantly growing as humans in general, as individuals. And then if you're not intentionally wanting to grow with your partner, meaning you're intentionally doing things on a day-to-day basis that is uplifting your relationship, that you're revealing more and more honesty and truth about how you're really feeling together. If you're not having those challenging conversations to share the resentments that start creeping in and start off-gassing those, if you're not doing those things, then you're just leaving your relationship to the default setting, which is whatever you grew up with right? Whatever you learned was love from the beginning. And so we love doing things and setting things in motion that are going to help uplift and intentionally grow the relationship. Hmm. Robert, one of the great ways to, to do that with technology is by sharing your calendar with your partner. So by sharing your calendar with your partner, you're giving them full access to what your day looks like. So they have the option when you have free time to then reach out and connect with you because they know that you're available during that time looking at your calendar. Or they can be mindful to say, oh, I see that my partner is going to be home at this time. 
I want to make sure that I have this planned out for them. And we're going to go to dinner tonight and then we have a date night planned and then we're going to go to the show and everything's going to be, you know, all set up in advance. Or another way would be to, you know, you can use technology to order a gift online, you know, with Amazon and same day shipping, you can have a thought in the morning, make a purchase, have it arrive before you get home. And the gift is waiting there for your partner and you arrive home and there's nothing but love and joy greeting you at the door on the way in. Julian does that for me and I love it because there's always a package coming to the door. <laughs> so many packages that come here because he'll order a little thing or, and it's, it's sort of like we get to experience, you know, the joy of opening a package together, even though he knows what it is. And actually, sometimes he doesn't even know what it is. Because there's so many packages. There's so many packages. <laughs> He's like, ooh, I wonder what I got. I forget, you know. It's really a playful thing to do and using technology to do it. And I use technology also to keep track of things that she might like by keeping a note in the phone mm-hmm. with her preferences and things she might like and just little reminders to self and ways to be supportive of her. And so that note is something that I keep private and I don't share that note. But then there's lots of other notes that I do choose to share. And we have a shared note that have really loving and sweet things, some poetry and I love yous and ways for us to connect and share our emotions that is really sweet when I get to share it, share it using technology. Hmm. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's really great. I think particularly so many people these days are spending We're all very busy. A lot of people are spending a lot of time apart, might be traveling or busy with work or not physically together. And, you know, that's the promise we've been sold of technology is that it'll help keep us connected. But, you know, you're really talking about what sound like to me very creative and at the same time, very simple ways. Like, Robert, we can ask ourselves first thing in the morning. Yeah. What do you do? Right. Do you reach for your phone or... Do you pause and have gratitude for the fact that you're alive, put your hand on your heart, your hand on your belly, you you have gratitude, I woke up today, right? (laughs) I'm happy about that. I'm so grateful, right? And then lean and look towards and touch your partner. Yeah. Right? (laughs) Because when we lean towards technology as our default setting, instead of intentionally moving towards our partner first thing in the morning... We're setting up our day as technology is more important. And what we really want to do is say, I'm the most important thing in my life, number one, right? Take, put your own oxygen mask on first and then lean towards your partner, connect, take the time, and then start your morning routine and eventually get to your phone. That's, that's our recommendation if you really want to have a spectacular, passionate, intimate relationship. Because when we move towards technology first, we're literally sending a message to our brain that mm-hmm. that's the most important thing. And we're also sending a message consciously or unconsciously to our partner that I'd rather look at my phone than lean towards you. And even if that's not true consciously, if you're doing it on a day-to-day basis, then that is what's true. Even if it's a little ugly and you don't want to really acknowledge mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. So I really appreciate you talking about setting some boundaries on when and where you use technology, and particularly in a way that's mindful of how it impacts the relationship. You talk about waking up, you know, as a, as a particularly important time. There are other times or places that you kind of hold sacred and where you put some boundaries on how you use technology in the context of the relationship. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we use technology or we use lack of technology 
at um, very specific times, meals, like when we're having meals together, either just Marla or I and myself or as a family, it's completely screen free, completely digital free. It's a, a time for us to connect and, and have really face to face interactions and conversations and love and connectivity and having a, a screen as the fourth member of the dinner party <laughs> is not welcome. And so yeah. we, we have very clear boundaries about, you know, that time being sacred and uh, screen free. Yeah. And, and we really love watching how Julian's daughter is, she just flourishes, you know, when we ask her questions and, you know, when we really are connected to each other and bonded in a way where we're enjoying actually a meal together, free from any outside distraction, you know, any outside distraction, we make sure you know, the ringers are off and we just get to enjoy each other. We do every once in a while watch a movie when we're eating, just, mm-hmm. you know, so people don't think we're robots. And right. Set <laughs> <laughs> up in advance. We pre-plan in advance. It's going to be a movie night tonight. We're going to watch this movie and we're going to have dinner couch. and eat on the couch and have a, have a little adventure. But that's the, uh, the exception yes, to the rule rather exactly. than the rule. <laughs> yeah. And I like the way you framed it, that it's something you choose you set it aside intentionally beforehand rather than it just something happening by default. Yes. yes. You know, Robert, one thing I wanted to share with you is not even a month ago, Julian and I were in an Uber and something happened that I was unhappy with. And I wanted to tell him, but I didn't want the driver to hear. And so I thought about texting him, but it was not positive. It was negative. So mm. instead what I did, I did a workaround. Okay. So instead, <laughs> I didn't want to say it out loud because I was embarrassed and I didn't want the driver to hear. I put a note, I opened a note in my phone and I texted the negativity saying, Hey, I didn't like this and whatever. And then I handed Julian the phone so he could respond. Mm on the phone, in the note. And I said, even in the note, I'm doing this in a note so that we can keep our record of not ever sending a text message with negativity, right? And then basically I asked him if he would turn with me because I was the one who was being a problem, really. I was the one who was causing the issue. And so I asked, hey, would you be willing to turn with me? And he texted back in the note, yes. And so we used that as a way to keep our perfect record. After she showed me the note, we gave, we had a big kiss and we deleted the note yeah, so that yeah. there's no record of it. It gets <laughs> released back into the ethers. Yes. <laughs> well, it's great. I mean, it's great. You could be lighthearted about it and also recognize, you know, these rules. It seems like they're very important and valued by both of you and shared. And at the same time, you do, you know, you recognize that there has to be some degree of flexibility to them for unusual circumstances. But I'm guessing the important thing is that you don't let them slide to an extent that the exceptions, you know, swallow up the rule. Yes. And, you know, if you find that you're texting your partner long paragraphs and it's not a love poem, just stop that. <laughs> just stop that. <laughs> Don't do it anymore. Just, you know, even if you send a little video of yourself, if you send a video of yourself expressing your needs and your desires and what's actually going on for you, it's a much more loving reception from your partner because they can feel you rather than interpreting your tone of voice through a text message or your body language potentially through a text message because they're imagining what your words sound like. Instead, if you're really trying to downregulate your emotions, meaning to calm down, 
then if you send a little video message where you're really working on turning and you're, you're trying to connect, they can feel that more through a video message than they can through a text message. So if you really need to express something, do it through a video and do your best to be loving and kind in that video message. And even say those words, like I'm really, I would, I'm really doing my best to be more kind in this message. I might not be doing it perfectly, but would you please receive this with a lot of love? Cause I'm really doing my best. Mm-hmm. And every partner wants to believe the best in their sweetheart. So it really helps. Yeah. One of the greatest things that Marla does is she, she always, always, always sets it up with kindness. Even when she's angry, even when it's tough and difficult, the fact that she's coming from a place of kindness allows me to really know that she's giving me the benefit of the doubt and that allows me to give her the benefit of the doubt so that the two of us together can work through the problem mm-hmm. and know that neither Marla is the problem or Julian is the problem. It's, it's never either one of us that's the problem. It's always Marla and Julian against the problem. Mm-hmm. Yes. And sometimes technology is like the middleman. It's kind of a tool that sometimes gets in the way, but sometimes it's a tool that actually is the bridge that can connect us because it's too, what do I want to say? It's too upsetting to go directly to -to face-to-face contact. So we have this sort of middleman to say, hey, everybody come together. Like the boxing match is about to start, right? (laughs) But let's play fair. Let's do this in the right way. Let's do it in a playful way. And it's not really boxing. It's like a pillow fight, right? It's more like that. And so when we really can remove the middleman in a loving way to say, I'm going to start with technology to reach out to let you know I'm not happy with something, but I love you and I want to talk about it. Then when we come home and we're together in the same space, then we can look at each other with loving, kind eyes and say, wow, I didn't show up as my best self here and I really want to. And I'm really activated, so I need help to do that. Can you help me to stay calm you know, so we can work through this issue? I love what you said about removing the middleman, which reminds me of digital detox. So mm. it, it's amazing to intentionally turn the phone off and really get away from the grid and the net and just be analog for a period of time. And you go be in nature, go be with your sweetheart, go do something that is not related to technology and screens, and you will feel feel refilled and refueled and reconnected to yourself and reconnected to the real, real world. Whereas sometimes we get caught up in the digital world and it's challenging. So having an intentional digital detox where you turn it off can really help bond in, uh, in relationship with like a 20 minute walk or intentionally saying, Hey, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be even bringing my phone with me to dinner. We're going to leave it in the car when we go to dinner tonight. And both people leave their phones in the car and go and have dinner. And it's like, nobody's reaching for their phone to, to check in or disconnect. It's nothing but, but beauty when two people can just look eye to eye and connect face to face and really be present with one another. It's really beautiful. And, you know, sometimes when we're at dinner together, every once in a while, we might need to, especially people with kids, you know, sometimes you need to bring a phone just in case, you know, if a babysitter is watching the kid and, you know, you want to have the phone for an emergency purpose, that you have a pre-made agreement. Again, are you noticing something? (laughs) The only ringtone that's allowed through is from the babysitter. And when you get up to go to the bathroom, you leave your phone at the table. You don't then bring it into the stall, which is what we all do. Right? We're like, I'm just going to check it. Ah, ah, you know, get filled up in my dope in the bathroom. No, don't do drugs in the bathroom. Okay? 
right? Save that serotonin hit for your partner. <laughs> Have those good feelings with your partner. Leave your phone on the table so they can see it. And that, that sends a, a very special message to your partner to say, I care about you enough to really just go to the bathroom and come back. I'm not going to go to the bathroom and stay there longer because I'm checking my email. It's a really beautiful message to send. This is all great. And, you know, because what you're suggesting is so different from how so many people are leading their lives now, uh, I know the things you're suggesting are simple in a sense, but what would you suggest to anyone who hears what you're saying and feels like, there's no way I could do that. <laughs> you know, it just seems like it seems crazy, <laughs> you know, to talk about even doing what may sound like some simple things. Why don't you, you, you can have your, your listeners believe in our belief that they can do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes that's really all it takes, honestly, is like just to have that seed planted that it's possible to be disconnected from your phone for a period of time and survive. Okay. As entrepreneurs, it's very challenging to not be connected to your phone unless you intentionally do it and you tell yourself, Everyone is going to survive. It's going to be okay. I'm going to do this for 20 minutes. And you start, you know, you don't have to go all gangbusters, black or white, right? You mm -hmm. can start with a 20 minute walk by yourself even and go leave your phone and then come back and then upgrade to do that with your partner where you both do it and to just do it slowly. You don't have to do it all at once. And, you know, the more that you have positive experiences doing this in a gentle way, instead of saying, I'm going to be off technology for a week. Mm -hmm. No, don't do that, right? Start small and build the yes, build the, I did it for 20 minutes. Everybody survived. And actually I felt good, right? <laughs> One of the things Julian and I love to do is we have a wonderful bathtub. So we take a lot of baths together. We have a lot of creativity that we talk about and flow and we listen to audio books and all kinds of things in the to feed our creativity. So we use technology in order to have, you know, an audiobook streaming, mm -hmm. but we don't use technology to respond to text messages, for example, when that's happening. So you can do both and you can have your cake and eat it too. You want to apply technology mindfully. You want to apply technology in a way that's going to uplift your relationship, your personal life, and your business all at the same time. And you can do that if you do it mindfully with intention by pre-planning in advance and having truly pre-made agreements together because here's something that does happen sometimes. Yeah. I can say, hey, let's do this. Does that sound good to you? And if Julian doesn't pause long enough to check in with himself, he might initially just say, oh yeah, that's great. Let's do it. But not genuinely feel like he wants to. We have to both choose intentionally, yes, I do want to do this. And if you don't have a full yes, don't agree to it. Mm -hmm. Ask for what you really want. So if 10 minutes is too much for you, do it five minutes. Really, for some people, they're really addicted to their technology. Don't make it wrong. Just say, hey, let's set a five-minute timer. Use the technology to set a five-minute mm -hmm. timer. We're just going to go walking around the house together, looking around. What do we enjoy about our house? Let's have some gratitude for our house. And then the timer goes off and you've spent five minutes in gratitude with your partner. It's a great use of technology. That's awesome. And it, it, I mean, there is something else radical about it, which is I think Americans are obsessed with complaining about their houses. So you know, <laughs> to go around and express gratitude about your house is itself, I think, a step forward. 
I love it. And if anybody watches the Marie Kondo show, right, with the packing up, it's, you know, she does this beautiful opening where she sits on the floor in the house to show love and gratitude for this home providing a place for these people to live. And it's so beautiful. And we forget that. It's such an analog thing that we can do in real life. And when we do it together, actually just on Saturday, Julian and I did that. We had a full day of digital detox where we were offline completely the entire day together. Julian planned a beautiful home environment thing that we did together. And part of the day we spent walking around the house, just saying gratitude for our home. Mm. It was a spectacular day. I can't go into all the details because it's too juicy for this, this podcast, <laughs> but it was spectacular. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So, I mean, you've talked a lot about ways to bring technology in, in a healthy and connecting way, and also some ways in which to step back from technology and interact with each other. You called it analog face to face, you know, in person. I wonder if you could tell people a little bit about, uh, I know you've got a new workshop coming up for couples. That's an in-person workshop about touch. Yes. This is something we are super excited about. Super excited. (laughs) Some people know my background not only is in mathematics and neuroscience, but before that, I'm about 500 years old, by the way. Um, Before that, I was a body worker for 15 years. So I worked with individuals and couples on their physical touch so they could receive more and more. And Julian has a background as an energetic and physical touch healer. And we've gone through trainings on body work as well together. Mm -hmm. And so we are now offering for the first time ever an in-person seven couples only in our private home in Venice Beach a beautiful hands-on physical touch workshop where couples, entrepreneur couples, are going to learn some techniques that are non-sexual touch on how to help each other release their limiting beliefs together. It's such beautiful work and it is a three-day workshop at the end of April, April 25th, 26th, and 27th here in Venice Beach. And that's the next offering that we have. That's amazing. So uh, obviously, this is not an app. It's not online. <laughs> no, it's yeah. Very, yeah, very much in line with everything you know, you've been talking about and, and promoting. Is there still an opportunity for people to sign up for this? Uh, you know, would you think you'll be doing it in the future as well after this one? Yeah, absolutely. After the initial one, we'll probably be running it quarterly. So every few months, there will be an opportunity for more couples to come and experience the beauty of non-sexual touch and how to nurture your partner lovingly. Yes, yes. So people can just reach out to us. Um, you can send an email through our website, marlamattinson.com, or just send me an email directly, marla at marlamattinson.com, to find out more about the Touch Workshop. It's really only for you know seven couples at a time who really want to go in a deep dive on physical touch and really understand something deeper about their limiting belief system. So it's a combination of coaching and physical touch and a lot of play. (laughs) That's great. That's great. I wonder if each of you could, could leave us with one, could be a thought, a suggestion, something you've learned from your relationship with each other that you'd like to leave our listeners with about, you know, the role of technology or not in the relationship. In relationship, If you don't know, 
ask. Mm. And also in relationship, if you do know, also ask. <laughs> we are changing moment to moment. You know, you think you know your partner. You think you know your partner's preferences and what they're going to say. Oh, you know, they're going to like this. They're not going to like this. And you may be right, but check in because things change all the time. Preferences change. So ask your partner, check in, make sure that you've got the most up-to-date operating system (laughs) for your partner. Yes. I love that. I'd say for me, part of my material that I came into this lifetime to work through is about control Mm -hmm. and letting go of control more and more to surrender into this deeper larger container that my partner, Julian, provides for me. And when I don't believe that he can hold me or handle me or I'm too much for him or, you know, I'm too angry or I'm too this or too that, then I can remember the real truth, which is my partner loves me so deeply that I can surrender. And so when the control arises and the control amazingly arises more and more often when I'm overusing technology, Mm. when I have the courage to put my phone down and turn towards him, it reminds me that he is the place to surrender into, not my phone. And so just that distinction alone, that when I'm looking to be fed, when I'm looking to be nourished, when I'm needing something more, part of me reaches for the thing I can control, which is my phone. Mm -hmm. And instead, when I make the choice to surrender into the unknown, which is my partner, that is what always leads to a deeper intimacy and an increased quality of life together and more curiosity and playfulness because Julian is always going to bring that. That's great. That's really awesome. Thanks so much for being back on here and just uh, remind people one more time where they can find out more about your work, about the workshop, about speaking, anything else where they can, you know, learn more about what you have to, to offer people about living together in relationships and how technology plays into that. Yeah, absolutely. On Facebook, you can find us at Marla Mattinson or Marla.Mattinson. And then on Instagram, we are The Intimacy Experts. Yes. And you can always go directly to the website, marlamattinson.com. We've got some fun stuff on there, some videos and other things that people can really learn from as well. Fantastic. This is great. Thank you so much, Marla and Julian, for being back on the Technology for Mindfulness podcast. Thank you so much, Robert. You're welcome. Bye now. Thanks for joining us for this Technology for Mindfulness podcast with me, Robert Plotkin, and today's guests, Marla Mattinson and Julian Kolker, who coach entrepreneur couples to use technology more mindfully in their relationships to enhance intimacy, joy, and love. You can find out more about their work, including their upcoming in-person workshop for couples at marlamattinson.com. If you liked today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes and share the episode with your friends. Those and all other links are in the show notes. And check out our blog at technologyformindfulness.com for information and tips about science, technology, and mindfulness. And find out about our Tap Into Mindfulness course for helping you to take control of your smartphone at tapintomindfulness.com. I'm Robert Plotkin, and I'll join you next time on the Technology for Mindfulness podcast with Paul Miners, who teaches people how to be more productive using automation and time optimization in order to live life on their own terms. Music.